Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Los Angeles, California, with my new friend Danny Jensen, the author of The Secret Los Angeles by Reedy Press. Danny moved to LA as an actor, then started writing about restaurants, bars, and local attractions in between gigs. That insider knowledge led him to write three books about awesome LA attractions that even most locals don't know about. In this episode, Danny and I talk about catching a show at the Magic Castle, climbing the secret stairs, and attending concerts at the Hollywood Bowl. Hear about these three amazing experiences, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash LA. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Indulge in the timeless production of O by Cirque du Soleil, an aquatic tapestry of artistry, surrealism, and theatrical romance performed in, on, and above the water. Intermission is over, now performing only at Bellagio Las Vegas. Buy tickets now at CirqueDuSoleil.com forward slash O, or learn how to enter to win one of three pairs of tickets by visiting today's show notes. Hey, Danny, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, Lee, thank you for having me. Today we're talking about Los Angeles, and Los Angeles is a, is a big place, but has a lot of really cool pockets of neighborhoods. I used to love uh, you know living in that area, and it, it's really good to have you on the show, so that way I can kind of reminisce and and hear about some of the places that I that I grew up going to. Absolutely, yeah, happy to to explore it again with you. And it's kind of one of always always the thing that I love is uh, sort of talking to people who grew up in LA and uh, sort of introducing them or reintroducing them to to places that they haven't been. For sure. So what's your connection to the city? So I uh, moved out here just over, well, it's about 12 years now. Came out as an actor and uh, I wasn't alone, but um, I uh, was doing you know film and TV and commercials. But then I started writing as a day job. After a while, I started writing for outlets like uh, Thrillist and Time Out, LA Weekly, just writing about restaurants and things to do around the city. And uh, also started leading food tours uh, with a company called Six Taste. So um, really got a chance to be you know, on the ground and introducing people to great restaurants. That sort of really got me into the the history of the city and, and just really loving all that it has to offer. That's awesome. I, I'm sure I probably read some of your Thrillist articles because I used to love going to that site uh, when I was like first working in LA and like learning about all the cool places to go uh, when I was single and like trying to meet women and and go out and have fun with my friends. So I'm, I'm sure I, I'm sure I read a lot of your articles. <laughs> yeah, I occasionally uh, Google things and and find my own articles. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome when you do that. If you had to describe the the city of LA or the people in just a couple words, how would you do that? Sure, um, I would say. Vibrant is probably one of the, the words that comes to mind. Um, I've always felt sort of a, a, an air of electricity when I just from when I first moved out here, um, just sort of the excitement of possibility what's what's around the corner. Um, so I think there's a, there's really great energy about the the place and, and people. For sure. I, I think that's one of the things that about LA, like that opportunity that, like you said, you, you came out there for yourself to get into acting and, and everything else. I think it, it just pulls so many people from around the, around the nation or around the world even uh, to LA. And uh, it just awesome. It just creates this awesome culture uh, and awesome mix. So I, I know from living there that the weather is normally pretty awesome year round. Uh, but for those listeners that maybe don't know much about the, the weather in LA, can you tell us a little bit about the weather and like if somebody's planning a visit, like when should they plan on coming? 
Um, yeah, like you say, it's definitely, uh, can't really complain about the weather too much here. And, you know, we do have the May gray and June gloom, as they call it, kind of overcast during those months. But I would say, you know, late spring um, and summer are definitely excellent times to be here. Probably not. I mean, late summer, early fall tends to actually get pretty hot. But yeah, I'd say late spring and uh, you know, early to midsummer would be great. For sure. Yeah. I, I remember that like August and September were actually hotter than June and July. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, well, right on. Okay. And when people are planning their visit, as far as like different festivals or different attractions that happen throughout the year, what type of activities happen throughout the year as far as that they, maybe people want to plan that trip around? Part of it depends on kind of what you're wanting to explore. But I think definitely, you know, in the summertime, there's so many great festivals uh, to check out, uh, particularly music festivals. You know, you can go to the the Hollywood Bowl or the Greek Theater, some of these bigger outdoor venues, iconic venues. But there's also a lot of free concerts all over the city and outdoor movie screenings, things like that. One of my favorites is um, the free jazz at LACMA. So right in front of the museum, you just sit out there and enjoy some live jazz. So that's great. That's kind of a highlight. But if you're interested, there's, you know, the the L.A. County Fair is always fun, uh, which happens in May. There's uh, Nisei Week in Little Tokyo in August. It's a lot of fun. And then, you know, in cooler weather, actually, if you get towards October, you've got the Dia de los Muertos Festival. There are several of them happening all over the city and lots of haunted houses, things like that. So you get a, a different feel of the city then. Oh, for sure. And then obviously people know about the Rose Parade that happens there on January 1st over in Pasadena. That's like iconic. I remember growing up and you have to wake up early on January 1st and watch that all day. I think that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, the floats are incredible. And um, there's ways too you can see um, the floats. It's usually like the day before, sorry, day after there's a chance to uh, to check them out if you're if you're not able to make it up uh, the crack of dawn on the first thing. Oh, for sure. And one, one of the things I, I loved doing when I was a little bit older, in like you know early 20s or uh, early 30s, was going to Senespia over at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, like seeing the movies. Yes. I love that. People thought it was a little weird, like, wait, we're going to go watch a movie in a cemetery? Is that, like, is that cool? Is that okay to do? Right, yeah, yeah. Usually the first question is, are we going to be sitting on their graves? Like, are we sitting on the tombstone? <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. They've got a dedicated space. And yeah, it, that's a lot of fun. And it's been amazing to see that grow over the years. And it's, it's a huge, huge audience now, but they do elaborate photo booths where they'll have just a huge set themed for the, the night of the movie. They've got DJs before and after. It's a lot of fun. They actually do a off-season series now during uh, usually starts like late fall and through the winter, but they take over some of the old uh, movie palaces downtown. These beautiful ornate theaters. They'll show classic films inside of those. So that's also a lot of fun. Oh wow, yeah, it's really evolved since uh, since the last time I went. I, it, I think I, the last time I went was before I even had kids. So it's. It's been a, it's been a decade or so, so it's really cool that they've they've continued to evolve and make it a better experience for everybody. That's that's awesome. Now, when people are planning their trip to come out to LA, obviously the biggest airport there is LAX. Do you recommend people flying into LAX or one of the other satellite airports? Yeah, I mean, you know, LAX obviously is going to have the most opportunities for flights in and out for people, but I would say Hollywood Burbank Airport is is definitely a great one to look for because that's going to be it's just it's much smaller and feels like a small town airport so that or long beach 
pretty much the best bets. I mean, if, if you're going to Disneyland, you might want to consider John Wayne Airport down in Orange County because it'll be a little more accessible for that. But but yeah, otherwise Burbank and, and Long Beach. Yeah, Ontario was also a pretty good option. Obviously, it's a little bit further out. I always remember they always had some good prices, but we used to live about three miles from Burbank. Uh, airport. And so that was, that was like our go-to, you know, we hated going to LAX because we knew that you're going to be stuck in some of the traffic and it's like that big horseshoe design and everything else like that. It was, it was, oh, it was kind of a pain. I understand that they're, they're now in the process of building that new like transportation center. So it's going to ease up some of that traffic, right? Yeah, hopefully I think um, they're working to improve that. You know, I mean, it, it's an iconic airport too. One of the fun things about flying in and out of LAX is actually seeing the theme building, uh, which are these really cool uh, arches. There used to be a restaurant up at the top of it there, and they're trying to work out something to kind of revive it. But um, if you do fly in and out, that's definitely worth checking out. That would be awesome. From my experience, LA was like the known as like the place to have a car. It's like very much a car culture. The joke used to be that the public transportation would take you everywhere you don't want to go. You know, or it drop you off like a mile from where you need to go. Like with the, I forget which line it is. It goes close to the airport. Maybe it's the green line and it stops literally like a mile from the LAX. So it was kind of a pain, but I understand that they've been building and uh, expanding the, the public transportation. So that way you can actually go out to the beach. Now you can go to a lot more places now that you used to be able to go. So do you recommend people getting a car or using some of the public transportation whenever they go there? Yeah, I would definitely encourage trying out the public transportation. I mean, you know, if if you got a family and it's easier to rent the car, but you know, then you have to deal with parking and traffic. And I think uh, you know, utilizing the public transportation, which, as you say, it's even in the time that I've been here, has expanded greatly. Yeah, you can go all the way to the beach from downtown. Um, you can take the the Gold Line, go up into Pasadena and all over the East Side. Yeah, it's it's very much improved. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like it, it helps if you kind of have specific destinations in mind so you can kind of map it out. It's not quite the the web that, say, you know, New York subway is that kind of crisscrosses all directions. So it's but if you're staying in, say, Hollywood, you can easily hop the red line, head downtown or likewise, if you're downtown, head out to the beach. So, you know, if you have those specific places in mind, I think, I think you could definitely do it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think the the main thing is avoiding the traffic as much as possible and avoiding paying for parking. Because like when I used to work in downtown LA, like the parking was crazy expensive. I think it was like thirty five, forty, maybe even more uh, dollars per day just just for parking. And sometimes you see the sign that says, "Oh, like fifteen dollars." But then the, the small sign says "per fifteen minutes" or something like that, right? Yeah, you got to read the fine print <laughs> there for sure. Well, if people are planning their trip to LA, what part of the town should they should they book their hotel? Like, should they get a or Airbnb? Should they rent a hotel? Like, I guess it maybe it depends on what, what they want to do while they're there. Yeah, that uh, that's definitely going to um, sort of shape where you want to have your home base. I mean, I think you know Airbnbs are a great option, but if you are looking, you know, a lot of people want to you know be in Hollywood, and and that's obviously a big destination. I would say. If you are doing that, a uh, place like Hollywood Roosevelt is just a, a classic, beautiful old hotel. And then if you want something kind of like newer and funkier, uh, Maha Shelter is a great option there. So that way you're kind of you know fairly centrally located. If you do want to go like say Universal Studios, you're there. Again, you can hop the red line downtown. I'd say if you were 
wanted to stay downtown. And I think, uh, especially for people who say haven't been to LA or haven't been in a long time, downtown is really come a long way and, and the revitalization efforts have been, been tremendous and uh, especially the past decade. So I'd recommend staying downtown because then you're going to get to explore all the new restaurants and, and shopping down there and the arts district is incredible. So if you're, if you're doing that, there's a number of hotels down there. Like the hotel Figueroa is a great historic hotel. They just renovated. It was actually the uh, first hotel built by and for women. So it was a really innovative hotel at the time when there weren't a lot of places for, for women to, to travel on their own back in the, the 20s. Now it's for everyone, but um, <laughs> but it's just a, it's a really beautiful hotel. And then down there, you've also got the Freehand Hotel, uh, Nomad, Ace, uh, some of these the fun boutique hotels. For sure. And that, that's one of the things I love about the downtown area, especially now that they've kind of revitalized it with the whole LA Live and everything. You got you got the newer, modern, like really tall skyscraper buildings for hotels, but then you also have some of the, the iconic ones that have those, that, that history and culture that are like literally on the same block. Yeah, absolutely. So we now that we know where we're going to stay, I guess it's a matter of figuring out what we're going to do while we're there in LA, right? Everybody knows about like, you know, LA, uh, you know, Hollywood and like probably Griffith Observatory and like the beaches and some of these more like popular and well-known things, but you wrote the book Secret Los Angeles and and 100 things to do in Los Angeles before you die. And so you you know a lot of things that like that are beneath the surface that a lot of tourists probably miss. So let's let's talk about maybe some of your suggestions that people wouldn't otherwise think about. Yeah, in terms of sort of activities and, and places to check out, one of the ones that I recommend and, and I went there recently is uh, the Magic Castle. So this is uh, in Hollywood. It is a beautiful Victorian home uh, that had been transformed into the uh, the sort of home for the Academy of Magicians. So you can go there. You got to get a sort of invite from a magician or, or kind of, you know, know someone to, to get you the invite, but it's, it's not too hard if you kind of ask around and you get to see performances there. It's, it's just a, a really amazing experience. You have dinner and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You probably feel like you're kind of like part of the in crowd, right? If you, if you get, if you know it's something that it's like invite only, you kind of feel a little bit special there. And fun fact, I actually proposed to my wife at the Japanese restaurant above that. Uh, oh, funny. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, so that's a great option. Um, also there in the Hollywood, you know, everyone wants to go see the Hollywood sign and, and explore Griffith Park. One of the best ways I think to, to do that is, uh, taking us a, a uh, horseback ride. So there's a company called the Sunset Ranch. You can go there and, um, ride a horseback and they'll take you up. You can see the Hollywood sign, see just incredible views of the city. Um, on certain days they'll have food as well. So they're like a little barbecue afterwards, but it's, it, you know, it's really one of these things that you'd never think to, you know, horseback ride in the middle of Los Angeles, but, uh, it's, uh, it's really great. Uh, that's super cool. Yeah. Cause normally you think of LA, it's just concrete jungle, right? right. And, uh, there's like not a place really for a horse, but that's the thing about LA is that there are a lot of these like really cool parks and everything that are spread throughout the, the area that you wouldn't think that they're there. Yeah, absolutely. So what are, what are some of the other suggestions you might uh, think about when, when we're visiting LA? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I would say one of the ways that's sort of really fun to, to explore the city is, um, to check out the secret stairs. So there are all these stairs that were created for the red line and, and some of the, the trolley cars that once crisscrossed the city. 
to sort of help people, you know, within the neighborhoods to, to get down to the, the stops and everything. But since the lines are no longer there, the stairs remain. There are these really fun stairs that zigzag through neighborhoods and sort of give you a chance to get a little exercise, but also, you know, see a side of the neighborhoods that you, you might not otherwise if you're just kind of driving on through. Yeah, that's super cool. Like when I was working in LA, they actually had the, the funicular. They reopened that for, for a couple of years, but I think they, they shut it down. People probably weren't using it very much. Yeah, it's, it's back now, actually. The oh, uh, nice. Angel, yeah, Angel's Flight. And that, that actually is like, I would recommend that for sure. Yeah, it's this beautiful old funicular that uh, was built, I believe it was in 1901. And, uh, you know, one, one trolley car goes up as the other one goes down. It used to be the way that people would travel up and down Bunker Hill, which is, uh, so the turn of the century was where all the the wealthy elite of L.A. lived in these beautiful Victorian homes. Um, it's now all that's been torn down. And it's now more like the, the financial center. But that train is still there and take it down to Grand Central Market and, and explore all the amazing food that's there as well. For sure. Well, speaking of food, let's talk about some of the, the awesome places that we should visit when we're when we're there in L.A. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I mentioned uh, Grand Central Market. It's uh, this fantastic market that was built in 1917, and it's uh, similar if you've been to say Faneuil Hall in Boston, which is where I grew up. And uh, you know, you've got all all sorts of vendors throughout. In recent years, uh, there's been a resurgence of newer restaurants opening up in there, which has been exciting. So, um, so you've got a lot of classics. You can go around and try the uh, carnitas tacos and uh, pupusas at Saritas, or um, some of the newer ones. You get, you know, there's uh, sorry sorry for Filipino, sticky rice for Thai, just a whole myriad of delicious options there. Wow, that's really great. Now I know that there's like. Some old school places that are like in downtown, like one of them that I remember is like Phillips. Yeah. So, um, Phillips is the, uh, claims as the, the inventor of the French dip sandwich. And most likely though, the Coles is another place downtown that, that claims to invented the French dip when somebody, uh, you know, dropped the sandwich in the, uh, in the jus. But yeah, Phillips is, is definitely a classic. And I love getting the, uh, the lamb French dip there, which is great with their, their mustard. What are some of the other favorites that uh, the people shouldn't miss when they're visiting? Sure, yeah, I'd say um, you know if you are in Hollywood, you have to go to Musso and Frank Grill. It's the oldest restaurant in Hollywood. You'll probably recognize it. It's been featured in tons of movies and TV shows, Mad Men, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But just a, a classic place. The waiters are amazing, and you got to get a, a martini there, which is fantastic, and uh, you know steak and chops, all the all the classics. Right on. Now, one of the things that since we moved to Nashville, we don't get a lot of the same Mexican food that we had when we were in Southern California. And I know that, you know, LA obviously has a, has a big Hispanic population. Like where would we go for some awesome Mexican food? So one of the great things about LA is you, you have the opportunity to try such a wide variety of Mexican food just from all different regions. So I think if you're going to want to try Oaxacan, try some excellent moles at uh, Gualaguetza which is uh, in Koreatown. Definitely recommend that. Taco trucks abound um, and so, so many really great ones. But if you're going to go uh, some of the classics, uh, Marisco's Jalisco is excellent for ceviche and tacos de camarón. Um, Leo's is a sort of a staple for late night uh, 
late night dining, you know, post bar for their El Pastor tacos. And then if you head over to Boyle Heights, check out La Azteca Torteria, which has these incredible burritos. They make the, you can see them making the, the flour tortillas right there. And they do a chile relleno stuffed burrito, which is just amazing. Oh, that's so awesome. I, the people that make the, the tortillas right there in front of you, that, those got to be the best, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so, you know, everything's fresh. You know, they, they're, they're making it all with love and, and just putting their heart and soul into it. And like, they just, you can just taste it in that flavor for sure. You really can. Yeah. Well, Danny, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these tips for LA. I learned some new things, even though I lived in that area for all my life. But, uh, but now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited LA, where should they go and what should they eat? I would say Grand Central Market. So I would go there and just uh, get a, a bunch of different things, kind of do a little uh, mix and match. I would say the, the wonton soup at China Cafe. I would say the pupusas at Soritas, pa and then pie at Fat and Flour. Oh, nice. Yeah, my like, I'm more of like, I just go to one spot. I'm going to get what I want there. My wife is more of like, okay, I want to try this from this place. I want to try this from this place. So that, that's like a perfect spot exactly for her. Definitely. Right on. So, okay. So you've lived in LA now for a few years and I'm sure you've had so many awesome experiences, especially when you're working on your books. What's one of your most memorable stories of being in LA? One of my favorites is um, I wrote about a, uh, a group that's called the Whiskey and Poetry Salon. It's a fantastic group uh, co-founded by uh, Kim Ohanison. And she basically what they do is they offer you whiskey tasting in exchange for uh, reading a poem. So uh, you can you know, bring a poem that you wrote or that someone else wrote, and your favorite one. And uh, for being brave and, and getting up there, you get a little liquid courage and, and get to learn <laughs> about all these fantastic uh, whiskeys. So, so I've really loved, yeah, I've gone to a number of their events, but one of the times that I wrote about their anniversary event, I then uh, you know, went and met Kim and was talking with her and, and she said, um, you know, just thank you so much for, for writing about this. She said, because of the article, we sold out and we actually added another night and had sold that out too. So, you know, I can't take all credit for anything, but for me, that was just really exciting to share, you know, this amazing organization and, and group with so many people and help them grow and uh, introduce people to these hidden spots. So that's that's something I just always love to do yeah that's amazing I, I love it like i'm in the same way like as far as like being a freelance writer and, and with my podcast and my, and my blog it's like you get to highlight certain like micro businesses essentially that people whether it's a city or even a business within that city a lot of people don't ever think about it or they might just drive right on by and next thing you know like they miss out on something that's really amazing and so kudos to you for being able to, to kind of bring that that whole environment up to a lot of people and, and helping them expand and and sell out that's fantastic i love that so, so speaking of good times and everything else uh, and drinking, where's the happiest happy hour in, in L.A.? Well, I'd say um, for me, it's, uh, it's our uh, neighborhood spot, uh, Little Fatty. Little Fatty is a, a great restaurant for Taiwanese and Chinese-American food. It's fantastic. And their adjoining bar is called Accomplice. And they do uh, a great happy hour there. It's Sunday through Thursdays, 5 to 6 p.m., and you can get everything from uh, a Taiwanese beer, wine, and fantastic cocktails. I mean, that's really one of the best cocktail bars in the in the city, along with some some great small bites. You get egg rolls, dumplings, fried chicken bao, things like that. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely going to have to hit that up when I come uh, when I come out there. Maybe we'll get, uh, share a drink or something. That'd be great. So one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. And I know that there's a couple of my spots that are kind of my favorites when I was in L.A., but what's your favorite place for the pepperoni pizza in L.A.? Yeah, I mean, pizza in L.A. has come, I think, a long way. I think people used to kind of write it off, but there are just some really incredible spots. One of my favorites is Lodge Bread, which is here in Culver City. They just do, I mean, obviously they make bread and it's excellent, but they also do this fantastic pizza. So I think that would be, that would be my recommendation. Right on. It's right around the corner from when I used to, where I used to live up in LA. So that's really cool. I'll have to check out all that. Now, like I said, you wrote the book about LA, a lot of amazing tips, but you also traveled a lot yourself as well. Which one of your best travel tips? Talk to locals, find out what they're up to and into, just be open to those new experiences and allow for unexpected detours. You know, I think it's good to kind of have a game plan, but you got to be flexible and ready to just, you know, stumble upon something new. Oh, absolutely. And that's why, uh, that's why I have this podcast because a lot of people aren't comfortable talking to, to somebody that they're just sitting next to at the bar or whatever. And so this way, at least they get to listen in on some of the conversations and, and get some of your best tips. Yeah. So Danny, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips. Even though I lived in the LA area majority of my life, I learned a lot of new things and I can't wait to come back and, and check them all out. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about what you do and tell us a little bit about your books? Um, yeah. So I'm a, a writer, editor, and photographer written for a number of different websites. Um, and I'm also the managing editor for a site called cheapism.com. And uh, we cover budget-friendly travel, food, all sorts of fun things. And then I've written a couple of books about LA. So the first was 100 Things to Do in LA Before You Die. And then the most recent one that just came out is Secret Los Angeles, A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure and all sorts of fun under-the-radar spots there. Um, and then I'm working on the third book now, which is going to be Scavenger LA, and that will uncover, you know, send people on a, a fun scavenger hunt all over the city. Well, that would be awesome. I think that's, especially for people like me that are from the area, those type of scavenger hunt books are an awesome way for us to learn about new things that we probably just drive by every day when we're on our way to work or running our, about our daily lives. You know, So that's really awesome. I can't wait for that book to come out. If somebody has questions about your books or about you know some of your articles or just about LA, what's the best way for people to reach you on social media? Probably the best way they can reach out to me is on Instagram at Danny Seamus, and that's D-A-N-N-Y-S-E-A-M-U-S. And that's where I post everything and they can contact me there. And then um, you can also learn more about the books on my website, which is secretlosangelesbook.com. All right on. Yeah. I mean, Reedy Press has some awesome books and I'm glad that you have two and then a third one coming on the way. So that's really awesome. And thanks again for sharing all these awesome tips. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. What an awesome conversation with Danny. Talking with him brought back so many fun memories of when I lived in Southern California. I can't wait to go back. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash LA. We want to say thank you to Cirque du Soleil for being today's sponsor. Intermission is over. O by Cirque du Soleil is now performing only at Bellagio Las Vegas. Buy tickets now at CirqueDuSoleil.com forward slash O or learn how to enter one of three pairs of tickets by visiting today's show notes. Join us next time as we head north along the California coast to visit San Francisco and speak with my new friend Ruth Carlson, the author of Secret San Francisco by Reedy Press. In this episode, Ruth and I talk about watching the Blue Angels at Fleet Week, seeing the murals at Coit Tower, and exploring the schooners at Hyde Park. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. 
Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 